Kashi Liberace, I love you, baby Zuma Zuma. I didn't know that. Jose Fanana Fanana. Liberace, I love you, cutie cutie, you're a cutie. Cha cha cha. Oh, that's wow. the same one, but more Christ wow. in a sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> Arsh, are we recording? We're recording. You said recording oh, the ambient show. Oh, I did. Um, hello out there, beautiful, beautiful. Hello, scary babies. Hello. Hey, cut that, Sam. <laughs> hello out there, all you beautiful, scary babies of October. Welcome to this very special episode of the Celluloid Pudding Podcast. We are deep in the scary Appalachian ma- Mountains here in October. It's very cold. The leaves are blowing. The wind is blowing. And we have three ghoulishly lovely, beautiful love babies here who are our dearest and nearest friends. Uh, we have with us Bill, Suze, and Neil. And they're going to share with us some very special and spooky stories uh, about movies. So they're going to share their scary movies. Oh, that's much better. And any scary experiences they have. That's it. Paranormal. Not, not, with, the Paranormal. M- not with the scary movies meant to them. Paranormal. Just how scary they Paranormal. were. Paranormal. <laughs> Suze wanted to go first. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have questions you would like to ask me? Suze, I would like to ask you many questions. Okay. But right now I'd like to ask you uh, if there's a movie that you can remember that really scared you to your very core and possibly scarred you for life. Mm-hmm. I have one of those. Okay. It's The Exorcist. Oh, I only saw the first one, and it was very traumatizing. Oh, um, uh, okay, so my family had HBO early. I think I was in the fourth grade. What is, what is HBO early? <laughs> <laughs> it's home box office. And HBO early, though? We were No, we were very early adopters. I was in the fourth grade, okay. so this must have been... Did you have the key in the whole thing that your parents no. didn't bother to take out? No, no, no. No, there was no key. Okay. There was just... Me sitting in the living room with the remote, being way too young to um, see anything that was on HBO. And and I don't know if you guys remember, but back in those days, even in the middle of the day, something horrible could be on. Yeah. And um, so I remember flipping channels, flipping channels, and I would um, inadvertently pass by HBO, and there'd be a horrific scene from The Exorcist. Um, either the vomiting or the head turning or the crab walking down the stairs. <laughs> and I'd only catch a couple seconds and it would I'd be completely traumatized from it. Okay. And but at the same time attracted to it. So uh, and then I'd you know go back through the channels and you know just sort of dare myself to watch it for a second. But I couldn't watch it for more than a couple seconds. How much total do you think you saw of it in total? When I was little mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of months I probably saw a total of 30 seconds (laughs) 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 and that's all I could take I mean each one of those scenes was emblazoned upon my brain in the most traumatic way yeah even if I saw it in the daytime which I often did and (laughs) um going back for more kind of yeah I would dare myself you know but then over the years after that it got very much built up in my head as something I was not going to be able to watch ever you know so you've never watched it from beginning to end? No. <gasps> uh, no, no, I have. I have. No, that is incorrect. I have. So um, I thought about it a lot. Want to watch it. Want to watch it. Don't think I can. Oh, my God. Who's going to help me watch it? You know, <laughs> but uh, a, a mutual friend of ours from years ago uh, said, come over to my house and watch it when I was around 16, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and we planned it out. It was going to be during the day, like a bright day. A very bright day, because nothing bad can happen on bright days. And so I went to his house, watched it, and I got through it. 
and did that's it, did it scare you that time? no I, w- I mean i was older then and i you know a ripe old 16 years old and i was able to watch it and it did not freak me out okay and i felt like i conquered it okay i conquered it okay. but to this day nothing has scared me that much that's and the bar for you yeah that's the bar and I uh, also watched uh, Damien. I remember that being kind of freaky, but not nearly as freaky, not nearly How as traumatizing. It's all for you, Damien. And yeah, that vaguely rings a bell, yeah. you know, of bad memory. But okay. I remember yeah. watching the Damien films. What were there, like three of them? Yeah, yeah those were kind of freaky, but not like The Exorcist. Yeah. And I have not watched it since I was 15 or 16. And I w- I'd like to revisit. But that's a goddamn freaky film. What is it specifically about it that you think is scary like what well i think the quality of the film that uh okay i think that that religious stuff is very scary and i was not raised catholic but i went to catholic schools and had catholics all around me and catholic stuff and i just think that devil stuff really freaked me out but also seeing a child that was about my age getting so freaky (laughs) 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 and wondering you know i don't think i wondered consciously could I get that freaky? Could that happen to me? Yeah. But I'm sure on some level that's what was happening in my little psyche. Like, is the devil going to come and get me like that? I, I've always wondered, how did you, was it because of that little uh, statue buried somewhere in, in their front steps? Or how did she I don't remember that. become possessed? And wh- how is that related to Max von Zito in the Middle East? You remember more than I, because okay. I'm terrible about remembering. I just remember that she was possessed and, and those, those, that big staircase. Which is near where I live now. Have it's you in ever it's been in Georgetown. Have I been up the staircase? Yeah. 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 Did it give you sort of feelings? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, so I've tried many movies since. I've tried to be freaked out. Nothing has freaked me out like that. Yeah. Nothing. And I, I have not watched it since I was that age. I would like to revisit it and see what happens. But yeah, so you asked what what do I think? So yeah, the the, the uh, religious stuff was freaky. The fact that she was a child was freaky. And I think there was some pacing in that movie, and I, of course, didn't realize at that age that it was the pacing. But there's something about the pacing and the darkness and the normalcy before it all starts happening that really is freaky. And and I do remember also the scenes from the hospital when she's getting her CAT scan or MRI or whatever. That was freaky. That was very well done and freaky. Yeah, there's an aspect of reality to it that, that yes. and, and sort of scientificness you know that she's looking for a medical answer yeah and the fact that they don't understand the doctors don't understand nobody understands nobody knows what's going on and that everyone's playing it straight too completely straight there's no over overreacting over emoting true and uh especially who played the priest father Karras. i don't know who father it was Car- well, I, I don't know who. Stoned then. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm a catholic uh, uh, that was jason miller and that The Exorcist was a film that was released in 1973, and of course that's a William Friedkin production. Put him on the map. Oh, and the th- the theme song freaked me out. Oh, Tubular yeah. bells. Let's do the theme Tubular song. bells. Hold on. I remember posters of that album. Um, like you could go to, if you want to call them head shops, or uh, like the Barefoot Mailman used to have. Yeah, there you go. That's a freaky song. And I had the 45. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm terrified of this. I'm going to buy the 45 and, <coughs> just, and just play it. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you very much, Suzanne. That Certainly. That was an excellent, Thank excellent recounting of your story. A plus, Susan. Thank you for asking. Or, uh, I don't do pluses, man. 
Whatever solid is. You can't go over 100. <laughs> Who would like to go next? Uh, we'll, d we'll do uh, or, or also a personal experience. Or we we'll go back we'll get back to that. Okay, we go back to that. So now, uh, young man, Bill is going to tell us. Uh, Bill, I think my recounting of a, a, a scary movie is going to be a rather short story because it's already been covered in cellular pudding. Um, there is a movie uh, that I consider one of the classic horror films of all time, but it's put into the science fiction genre called Alien. And I think of that as one of cop horror movies of all time. And I think of its sequel, which is a rare thing that happens when the sequel is actually, to me, a little better than the original. And people think of that as the best action movie. It's just an awesome action movie. But for me, it was scarier than Aliens because that scenario is the scenario in most of my childhood dreams as uh, monsters everywhere, no feasible means of escape, uh, very little hope, diminishing hope as the, uh, the body count racks up. And I, I, I was triggered to my childhood nightmares of monsters everywhere and can't get away. Um, and uh, it turned out the that movie ended uh, with a very high body count, but it ended on a very hopeful note um, and a very uh, touching note. Uh, and I would like to say officially at this time, if the, somebody walked up to me and said, oh, if you like that, I did Alien 3, I would push them into traffic. <laughs> um, they ruined aliens for me. Uh, but... Uh, I don't have all that much to say. It's been covered, but the concept of being chased by monsters and really no feasible escape uh, has woken me up in the middle of uh, many uh, uh, otherwise fitful sleep uh, from my childhood. That's good. I, I was just going to say that's what a good horror film should do, tap mm -hmm. into your deepest, darkest subconscious fears. Wouldn't you agree? I was just going to say, in a way, you identified with the Newt character. As you were watching it, yeah, I suppose I, I was uh, I, I could relate most to her because uh, the the nightmares that I had were what Newt went through, and uh, there was no waking up for her, and she the, they they found her a traumatized child and got her to come out and be a strong little girl, um, actually one of the strongest characters in the movie, yeah, yep. so. Um, yeah, maybe that was therapeutic for me. Uh, but uh, that mirrored too many of my childhood nightmares. Monsters everywhere, and where am I going to go? Mm. Was it cathartic then to say, okay, I've seen this film, and it's all laid out there in celluloid? Uh, a bit. Uh, but the ending of that movie was oh, so satisfying to me. So yes. satisfying. I, I love that movie. And uh, if, I, if you decide that uh, you're ever... Uh, you, you lost the recording of your uh, previous podcast, and you need to redo it again. I would, I would guest star on Aliens. between my pinch. Uh, Bill, when did when did these monsters and aliens come out? They mostly come out at night, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> well done. But, yep. All right, Neil, you're up. All right, so. I'm going to piggyback on Suze's description of the scariest movie 
<clears throat> that I'm going with. I have a secondary, but the primary is definitely The Exorcist. And I, I have a similar story, but then it takes off and it goes on steroids. Um, uh, I also, I didn't have HBO, but my brother and I figured out how to pirate HBO. <laughs> awesome. Back in, back in the day. Everyone Golf club. <clears throat> yeah. Golf club. Piracy. Piracy. Mm. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was weird. We could, we could get it uh, on the television. Sometimes it, was, uh, it would scramble a little bit, but you could get it and watch it unscramble, but there was no sound. But back then, you could actually, there was a radio station that you could pick up that had the sound, that had the audio. So we would put the, the television on uh, and turn off the volume, put the, the radio on. And we kept seeing this movie, and, and my brother and I, I have an older brother, Ross, uh, we decided to sit and watch it. We wanted to, you know, get, a, get our, our scare on. How old were you? Um, I was probably about eight years old, uh, eight, oh eight or nine. Um, it, was, it was like maybe a year after it came out. Uh, or maybe two years after it came out, whenever HBO gets the gets it, and uh, we decided to do it. We decided to do it while my mother was out of the house. Um, we we were big enough; we took care of each other. You know, we weren't we weren't babies anymore. But um, yeah, yeah. So she was out um, pretty much for the evening. She was going to come back later, anyways. So we're in. We had a separation to the house. We called it the annex, which was away from the the main part of the house, and um, we started to watch it. The, it, it progressed, and it was like, this is freaky, this is weird, but we're sitting together, you know, brothers, we can take care of each other, and uh, we're watching it, and, and then the scary stuff starts to happen, you know, it goes, it goes to where she's in the bedroom, and, and, you know, she's going nuts, and she's talking, you know, that voice, I can't even do the voice, but, um, and the priests are coming in, and, and it's really getting, you know, down and funky, and, Right when she starts to do the vomiting and the head spinning and all that, my older brother decides <laughs> to get up and say, I need to go to the bathroom. And I said, okay. And I'm sitting there waiting for him to get back because I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. And all of a sudden, the power goes off. Right in the middle of her going through the, the main <laughs> demonic phase. And I'm like, Ross, 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 he's not answering. So I stumble. I'm freaking out now. It's like we were just watching Linda Blair go through this, and uh, my heart is pounding. I get up, and I'm in the pitch black, and I'm scrambling to get to the door to go to the main part of the house. And I'm knocking stuff over, and I'm going, I get to the door, and it's locked. <laughs> and I'm like, Ross, and I start pounding on the door. I am, like, like pounding on it, and he goes, <laughs> I'm like, what? So I, I'm literally... Just got done watching Linda Blair go through that, and he's, he freaked me out. That movie scared the living everything out of me. And I, I was, I've been teased by my children. Um, <laughs> I have seen it in its entirety just because I, I had to, to fight the, the fear. But I, don't, I, I really don't have to see it anymore because I'm, d I'm done with that. And um, there was one, one thing that we did do. We had heard that there were subliminals. Uh, yes. In the original movie, and they had to pull it because people were hyperventilating. I had heard that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, what were they? You know, I haven't done a lot of reading recently on The Exorcist, so. But what was were some of the subliminal images? I don't know all of them, but I do know one, and I know this um, because uh, one of my friends, uh, uh, Jeff, um, had it on videotape, mm -hmm. 
and we wanted to see what the video, the subliminal was. They did keep a couple in there. They just took the majority of them out, and we found out what it was. It was the face of the demon, yeah. and you when you pause it, you, you got to be quick. Uh, you pause it, you actually see the face of the demon, and that was just as traumatizing as the movie because yeah. that face is freaky. What did it look like? It was white with dark eyes, and it was a black background, and it just it, there was no real, you know, nasty mad expression it was just it was eerie it was yeah. it's just and you know that flashes so your mind picks it up but you don't see it and uh you know that movie did me in that was that was pretty bad so um the secondary one not as bad as the exorcist uh the secondary one was the amityville horror mm -hmm. um that freaked me out uh the bleeding walls um, the thing that, and my brother and I saw this in the movie theater, and we were freaked out about it. Um, and my lovely brother, as, <laughs> as uh, we had our, we, we shared a room for a, a period of time, and we had a window that was, that looked out to the backyard. Um, after seeing the movie, and we talked about it, how freaked we are about it, he set up a lamp with a red light bulb in it, and he took black construction paper, cut out eyes, and at some point, he, said, he says to me, Neil, I think I hear something out, outside. Look, look out what's outside the window. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't hear anything. I lift the shade up, and these red eyes are blinking in the bushes. <laughs> and that was the, the part of the movie in Amityville where the pig came up to the window, and the red eyes were flashing, the ghost pig. Oh, so, again, he – Oh, yeah. <laughs> My, my brother was pretty mean to me. I, I mean, I love him, but... So when you were watching it with him, did he think that... Or did you think that he was watching it for the first time, so how could he know any of these things? No, we saw... That one we saw in the theater, so that was the, oh. the, the first time. Oh, okay. so but it, it was after that. It was okay. like, you know, a week later, and he's like, oh, I'm going to get my brother, get my little yeah. brother again. So, yeah. yeah. Those were the two scariest uh -huh. movies at the time okay. for me. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Uh, Sam, you're up. What you want to... I, I'm afraid I'm going to be uh, uh, revisiting the same same film. If I uh, do, you want me to actually yeah, talk I about my scary movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with The Exorcist again. And uh, the situation for me was I was 14 year old, 14 years old, and I had a little girlfriend over. She was 14. The parents are away, AWOL, Gen X, latchkey, you know, and we turned on HBO and we said we're going to freak ourselves out we're going to watch a scary movie we're not allowed to watch or were we i think there were no rules i think we just did what we wanted and yes we watched it from beginning to end and i think the build up everyone denying that this was a supernatural event was so realistic for us that we were, were like this is an adult drama maybe not so scary and yeah, when the bed starts shaking and things start flying and um, and then that little demon girl at one point, uh, there's one point in the movie where you have the two priests, Max von Sydow and was it Jason Miller? I forget the priest's name. Well, yeah, uh, the, priest the other priest's name. Uh, they're, they're both exercising uh, Linda Blair. Uh, <laughs> your mother saw those socks and <laughs> darn socks and hell, whatever. Mm. Yes, I know. Um, she, uh, the, the, the secondary priest goes into the bathroom to wash the sacred scarf and then comes back out and Max, Max von Zito is dead. And somehow the demon child, Linda Blair, has 
taken the manacles off, all the ropes that h- she'd been tied down with, and she's just crunched over, giggling and looking demonic. And giggling. that was scary. <laughs> that that was kind and, of freaky. And, like, and happy. I just was. It it shocked me to my core the whole film, and my my friend and I, who happened to also be stepsisters for two months, that's a whole other story. Uh, we we slept in each other's bedrooms. We we swapped off for about uh, four months, I think, after that. Wow, scariest film ever for me. And I I have seen the director's cut, which is even scarier. Even as an adult, I have problems with it. I do know that that subliminal demon image, because of of all of the responses, negative responses that film got, the flash time was extended because it was truly a subliminal flash in the beginning. Like, let's say it was maybe um, like a fraction of a second in the original showing. And there were many complaints lodged. And if you look up the Exorcist uh, original theatrical release and responses, Google that, you will see people running out to the lobby, people vomiting, people fainting, people, you know, not recovering ever <laughs> because cause that subliminal demon was just so, so frightening to them. Mm. That's my death. You know, I, I think I normally would have said The Exorcist, but there's so many. That I, there's, I can think of so many films that I'm trying to think of one right now, um, and it was it, w- it was basically a takeoff on the House on Hundred Hill, and I can't I'm just trying to look up the name of it, and I can barely remember who was in the film. It was set in a haunted house. You had the uh, narrative expert that was there. These are supposed to be psychics, not um, you know. So it's basically the same scenario as the House on Hundred Hill, but the way it ends was so disturbing, and I forget the character actor at the very end, sort of the last psychic standing goes down into, like, the the bowels of the house, and they're uh, sitting in this chair, and this fog is basically the devil himself, and I don't know why, but it, it scared the shit out of me, and I can't remember the name of the movie, and I can't remember the name of the character actor. Exorcist is an all-time favorite because of the realism, because of the credibility of... Oh wow, that's disturbing. Yeah. yeah, Neil's showing us the picture of the 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 devil that's insert. Really upsetting. Really that is really upsetting. <laughs> you know, yeah. Somehow I don't find that upsetting. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Did you find why you do this to me, Demi? <laughs> Did you find that? Yeah, I work with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my all-time favorites is the Night of the Living Dead. Oh Because yeah. the yeah. Uh, the scene where he's joking around, they're coming to get you, Barbara. And you see the old man, and you don't realize until you realize, oh, no, there's something not right with that guy. And you don't know what it, what's about to happen. You don't know that he's going to try and eat them. So it's that slow reveal that these zombies are, are, are coming after them, slowly tr- you know, tramping after them to eat them. So before we go on, I, I finally looked up the name of that movie. It's The Evil from 1978, and I wanted to give uh, the character actor that played the devil in it, Victor Buono. Uh, he's he was in uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. He was Baby Jane's last fan, I guess, and he did a lot of sitcom work. And he was also in the Batman series, the original Batman series, and uh, I, th- I think he was just a great character actor. I think Neil's a little bit familiar with him, and so is Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, that movie was very good for 1978, and Richard Crenna played the lead. And that last scene is between Richard Crenna and Victor Bono. Victor Bono playing the devil, and that is how the film ended. 
won't say how it ended in case anybody wants to watch it. And I just, yeah, I just could not get to sleep after watching it. And I think I watched it when I was maybe 21, and it, and, and it scared me. So, But you, Sam, you wanted to add something about The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Um, that is my final bar. If any of you out there can name a film that can scare me as a grown-ass woman, I would welcome any comments. DM us. Our, uh, our handle in Instagram, we do have a presence there, is PUDPOD, not my idea, P-U-D-D-P-O-D. <laughs> we have an email, celluloidpudding at gmail.com, and I don't know what our Twitter is, Beth. What is it? Celluloidpudding, P-U-D-D-N, at Twitter, at celluloidpudding, P-U-D-D-N, on Twitter. Scare me, really. It's a true challenge. If you can name a movie that can scare me, we will send you a genuine piece of swag. In fact, that's probably the best way to get us, because I don't Twitter. Tweet. So moving forward, who wants to go first in sharing your personal scary stories? Did we set that up? If we set it up as we're now going to talk about paranormal. Well, we're now, we thought it would be fun to talk about what your favorite scary movie is. Out of my mouth. Uh, okay. Uh, that's nice. And then we were going to have people share any of their paranormal or supernatural experiences that may have scared them or left them feeling uneasy. Looks like Bill wants to go first. Did not necessarily want to go first, but I will go first. Uh, I, uh, I have to go back to, I think, when I was eight. And um, it was November. Getting ready to go. The next day, we were going to go down to Yonkers to visit uh, my cousins, uh, my uncle and aunt and cousins. But um, I was excited because one of my cousins, Tommy, I think is born within two days of me. And you wouldn't think that I would be excited to spend time with young male people because I have three brothers. Uh, but th he was like my exact same age. And he was like the fun cousin. He was my cousin. And uh, really excited. Uh, I get to spend some time with Tommy. We always had fun. Uh, we would go uh, like twice a year and see them. And they had a lake house. And just uh, the coolest cousin. And uh, he was like exactly my age instead of being a year and a half that way or two years that way. And uh, I was real excited. Um, it was the day before Thanksgiving. Um, we watched o'clock star trek or, or, or three o'clock star trek when the big valley was on and it was shitty out so uh, we watched big valley <laughs> i love that show yeah barbara stanwick oh yeah and and uh i think lee majors was in it and i love lee majors yeah <laughs> uh but that that show was uh the episode where uh the mine had collapsed and for some reason audra was in the mine and um, they had to, to use, um, they didn't have any uh, dynamite, uh, but they did have nitroglycerin. But how are we going to get nitroglycerin across town to, 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 to clear the mine? And, uh, it, you know, that's going to blow up if there's any uh, movement, any sudden was shaking or anything. Wasn't so it Nick and Heath on the buckboard delivering the nitro? Nick and Heath? Uh, well, anyway, th they decided in that episode of uh, the Big Valley that the smoothest ride in town was, was of course, the uh, the uh, mortician's hearse. 
and uh, they, they uh, uh, horse-drawn hearse, not a hearse hearse, but it's just a big valley after all. And uh, I, uh, I didn't think that episode affected me in any way until that night, and I couldn't sleep. I was excited. I was going to see Tommy. I was going to have some fun. We were going to have a blast in Yonkers, and they live in a big city, and they live in a 20-story building, and oh, my God, exciting, exciting, and I couldn't sleep. And Scott was my roomie at the time. My brother Scott uh, was uh, about a year and a half younger than me, and uh, he went right to sleep, but I was, like, excited and trying to sleep, and I think I got to sleep, and then I heard, like, uh, footsteps of, of a horse. And it's weird because it wasn't like I heard footsteps of a horse off in the distance. I heard, like, the footsteps of a horse like they were 10 feet away. And I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on? And so I, I went up and looked out the window. And here's – I'm looking out the window, and it's cold and a little foggy and steamy, and but we had a pretty wide driveway. And there's a, a, a horse-drawn carriage all in black, and I'm like, uh, I'm dreaming here. And uh, it, it's it's a hearse. It's a horse-drawn hearse. And uh, it's got two coffins on the back and uh, this creepy, morbid, and creepifying-looking guy. All dark. It uh, looked like the a much creepier version of the um, mortician that was in uh, the Big Valley who was letting them use the hearse. But this guy was dark and uh he had like the top hat and he had the dark jacket and uh he had uh eyes that uh, i'm gonna go with uh, quint on this one lifeless eyes mm -hmm. like a doll's <laughs> eyes uh, but um uh he looked at me and i got this like oh i don't want to look at this guy and i'm like i jumped away from the window and i said scott wake up scott wake up there's there's like a there's like a guy outside. What? What? You're sleeping. Just, just you're dreaming. Just, just go back to bed. No, no. There's a guy out there. There's a, like carriage. And go to bed. And, and uh, I looked. I went back to the window, thinking I'm, I'm dreaming. And I look out there, and the guy's up, has uh, gotten off of the uh, uh, stagecoach or the the, the 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 part of the thing where you drive the horses, and he's standing there next to the coffins. And he opens the lid of a coffin, and there's it's an empty coffin. And he looks at me, and he got that evil stare, and says, uh, "Room for one more." Uh, I always say, "Creepy, creepy, creepy." And uh, Scott, 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 wake up! Like, uh, and he's like, "Go to bed, go to bed." And we're like, "No, you gotta wake up! You gotta wake up and look." And uh, it was weird when the guy says, "Room for one more." is it's not like, how am I able to hear him? It's like he was standing next to me saying that. Mm. Uh, and it was like, ugh. And clearly it was a dream. Because I, uh, I remember at some point I finally got Scott to wake up and come and look at the window, and there's nothing there. Oh, God. And, wow. and uh, but it was like, so there was something so there. So vivid. Yeah, there was something there. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, go to bed. And uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we did end up going to Yonkers uh, the next day. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and how fun could be? 
Uh, no, I was, uh, I, I, yeah, I had a stupid dream. I watched Big Valley, whatever. And, but anyway. Uh, you say it was uh, a dream, uh, but it was real. Um, do you think there was something, para you know, extra? Like a waking dream? It was, uh, I don't, I can't, I don't know what label to put on it. But we went to Yonkers, and I got to spend time with Tommy, uh, and we were like buds. We were like the cousins. We, was, we were the hangout cousins, and the, uh, and it doesn't seem like a big deal to anybody here, but riding in an elevator was a big deal. Yeah. I want to ride the elevator, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, hang on, let me get some paper. And uh, paper, okay, and we go up to the, uh, the roof, and we made paper airplanes, and then we, uh, we watched them uh, sail down the building, and, and it was fun and all. And uh, that was getting old because it was pretty damn cold. It was November in a 20-story building. He's like, all right, well, well, we'll go back. We'll probably dinner's ready, and um, the uh, we get to the elevator to go back down, and the doors open. There's two old women there, and a very tall man in a very dark suit, Ooh. with morbid and creepifying eyes, Ooh. saying, "Room for one more." Oh hell no! No, he did not. Hell no! And uh, like Tom, really? Tommy, Tommy, uh, we're not going to take the elevator. Take the stairs. And he's like. What are you doing? No, no, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, let's take the elevator back to, you know. No, 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 Tommy, we're not going in there. Wow. And then they hear, start hearing this back. creaking sound, and like, Tommy, the elevator's creaking. I'm not going in there. And he's like, no, oh, come on. He's, he's almost dragging me, and I dragged him back. And I said, no, I'm not going in there. We're not going in the elevator. You, you got I'm not imagining it. You the a elevator's premonition. creaking. And uh, he's like, all right, all right, we'll take the stairs, we'll take the stairs, whatever. And the elevator doors close with these two women, and elderly women, and, and this guy, which I guess I'm the only one that saw because uh, it, the sound that I heard after the creaking stopped was like an animal dying. It was, I, I don't even want to describe the sound because it was horrifying. It was absolutely horrifying, but it was this, the sound of a cable s snapping. <gasps> and the- uh, What? It was on the news, uh, and this is. Holy shit! I mean, and we were all huddled away, and uh, it, it ended up being on, on the news. And uh, before it was huddled away, they were talking. Oh God, two women died. Those two elderly women died. Holy and like, shit! And, and 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 this other guy died too, right? Oh God, no, 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 no! Just two women died in the elevator. <gasps> like, no, there was another guy. Go to bed. Just go. Just don't think about it. Go to bed and and. Uh, uh, I actually looked at it a couple years later. Uh, uh, we were back down there again, and uh, I, I asked them, like, when that elevator crash was in the news, there, there were three people dead, right? No, no, it was two older women. And I, I, I just didn't say a word because I didn't want to be having to go to counseling or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, wow. yeah, I... Uh, uh, you know what the, the, the creepiest part is? Of all that? Well, I'm eager. Yeah, uh, what? I made the whole damn thing up. Oh, fuck <laughs> you! Fuck you! Oh, my God. I was going to say, I'm not that Here's the problem. I, I don't have, I, I have not had, but I had you hooked, didn't I? I, had I you hooked. You oh, set okay. us up, because <laughs> I overheard I you have this conversation with Neil just a few minutes oh. ago. But, uh, yeah. well, I've got, and I've well, got I was going to tell him the story on the way down, and, uh, on the trip down. But anyway, so well, well because done. and I'm very angry. <laughs> 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 Bravo. Thank you.
thank you, thank you. But Bravo. I do have, because nothing really ever supernatural ever happened to me, I have a very quick story uh, about something that happened to Carol. So Carol, uh, when she was raising her son, uh, when he was four or five, probably four, um, going to bed and saying, uh, well, I, I think, uh, sleep good, sweetie, and I think I'm going to talk to the man for a while. And um, she's like, uh, no, if you see a man, you call me. <laughs> oh, no, this is a nice man. And all right, you, you see a man sometimes? Yeah, yeah, he comes and talks to me when I go to sleep. Okay. And um, uh, she says, is, is it scaring you? No, no, he's a, he's a nice man. Oh, okay, okay. And thinking to the imaginations of a, of a child. And um, and this happened like a couple times. Like, oh, the, well, the man's going to come and talk to me. Okay, sweetie, it's, it's not hurting you. No, no, he's a nice man. And then at some point, they had some family get together and they were going through family photos of his uh, grandfather who had died um, oh, oh. Uh, four years or five years previous, whichever, and goes, oh, that's the man that comes to talk to me. And it was uh, his grandfather. And again, I can't speak for my supernatural experiences because I'm boring. I don't have much going on there. But that actually happened. Mm. And I, I, I think there's a, uh, an age where maybe if there is something beyond what we see, children can see it better and uh, <laughs> because they're more yeah. open to it. But uh, sorry about the bullshit story, but uh, I yeah, felt like I had to come up with something. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> about that. Well done, Bill. All right. Well, I'm done there then. <laughs> Neil, you're up. So adjusting his glasses, so this is going to be interesting. So mine are are fairly short, but they're they're real and they actually happened. Um, and one of them is about me, and the other is about my brother. Uh, the one about me uh, was, you know, speaking of the Exorcist, uh, there was a scene in the beginning of the Exorcist that dealt with a Ouija board. Yes. If if we all remember, I think it was in the attic, yes. and and I'd always I never knew what that was until I saw that basement. Was it the base? Okay. And I never knew what one was. And uh, for years, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a Ouija board. You're supposed to, it's supposed to do something. And I was working uh, at a private club, and we had some friends. You know, we all were family when you work at a club like that. And we were done setting up, and we were sitting at a table, and one of the girls says, hey, you know, since we're done, I, I have a Ouija board. You guys want to mess around with the Ouija board? And I'm, the first thought I had was, oh, yeah, The Exorcist. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And everybody's like, oh, come on, come on, come on. It's fun, it's fun. And we're talking about people that I work with, but people that do not know my personal life uh, and certainly don't know uh, family members. And uh, we sat down, and one person went and, you know, got an answer, a yes or no answer, something like that. And they, they asked me, well, um, uh, ask it a question and see if it'll answer. See if you can reach out. Who would you want to reach out to? And I said, well, I guess I'd probably want to reach out to my dad because my mom was still living. I said, I'd like to reach out. And uh, I said, well, let's see if we can reach out. And uh, what uh, I said, okay. Um, I, I spoke to the Ouija board, which felt kind of weird, but you know, ask it directly. I said, okay, what's, what's my dad's name? Oh, spirits of out there. And uh, multiple pe people touch this little thing that glides over the, the board. And there's letters, right? I personally was just just hovering over it. 
I wasn't touching it, so I wasn't directing it. And it went to the first letter of his name. And I was like, okay, lucky, lucky thing, right? And then it moved around a little bit, and it went to the second letter. I'm like, um, okay, quinkadink, maybe. And then it went to the third letter, and then it went to the fourth letter, and then it went to the fifth letter. And I'm like, none of these people know his name. And I'm not going to tell you the name. But none of the people that I'm sitting with know his name. I know for a fact. And it's not a common name. It's not John. It's not, you know, uh, Kevin or Bruce. It's none of those names. It was an old school name. And it spelled it out. And I pulled back and went, that ain't right. There's no, that nobody would have thought of that name. It's an old name, right? So that, that was a little freaky for me. Um, I, th I think that's the closest that I've come to something that I couldn't explain. My brother Ross, he um, was working with his wife at a, an old hotel. Um, I don't, I think it might have been the one in New, uh, Lake Winnipesaukee area. And he was, uh, was this, this is an old, old, like, you know, 17, 1800s hotel. And um, they, were, they were doing a catering job. And there was a, an underground kind of pass-through long to where they could go to the, you know, the guest house or the, the servants' quarters or whatever. But it's where they stored things, too. It was like, you know, in the winter they would have food down there or something. But it was just this long concrete tunnel with lights that you could see the, the cord, you know, like every so many feet. And uh, he had heard from the people that worked there that it was haunted, that they, they have seen weird things happen and, and different things. And my brother's like, yeah, right, you know, like we all. We're like, oh, sure. And it was near the end of the shift, and he had to get some more gas, propane gas, for the grill that they were using um, at night. And <clears throat> just for giggles, he yells down the, this long extended hallway, just, you know, picture the lights. There's about, you know, 30 lights it just goes on. It was very long. And he says, if there's anybody down here, anybody, show me something. Show yourself. <clears throat> and right after he finished saying that, one of the furthest lights went out. Oh. Oh. I mean, right after he said that, it went, poof. not all the lights, just one of the furthest ones just went out. And he basically ran out, slammed the door, and said, I'm not going back in there. <laughs> yeah. And he was freaked out. Yeah, he was, because yeah. he said it like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you're not, nobody's here. And then that, I would be freaked out if that yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was my brother's. <clears throat> but, you know, just, just weird stuff you can't explain. Those are good stories, actually. Yeah, very good. All right, Sue, you're up. Okay, I'm going to talk for a half an hour now. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, baby. Okay, Bill's faux story made me think of something that okay. I forgot about. Um, when I was in high school, I started having these dream non-dreams. It was happening while I was sleeping. But it, it felt like I would wake up in the middle of the night to a force pulling me up to the ceiling. Ooh. And then I would be trying to call out to my mom, who was in the next room, to help me. But I couldn't get anything out but like a croak, a croak, a croak, you know. So I would rise up to the ceiling and then like be sort of pulled along the ceiling. Oh. Not like the skittering. That's a creepy yeah. image. Yeah. Not skittering. I'm just pulled up, sort of like 
Linda Blair and the Exorcist yeah. is pulled up, but I would stop at the ceiling and like move around to different Ooh. corners and stuff. Ooh. I had that, I don't know if it was a dream, I don't know if it was happening, I don't know what was going on, but it happened repeatedly toward the end of high school. Later it was suggested to me, okay, you were stressed out, you were you know, graduating high school, about to go to college, you were just having f freaky dreams. But man, I had a, a lot of them. Um, not nightly, but almost nightly for a while. And it, they felt very real, and they felt like I was very awake. Wow. So I don't know. That's a freaky dream. Very freaky. Very disturbing. Okay, the next thing in my panoply of experiences was <laughs> that when my dad died in 1989 from prostate cancer, his, um, his clock stopped when he died. So he died at 4.17 on a Friday afternoon, and he was in the hospital when he died. And then when the family members got back to his condo, his clock had stopped at 4.17. What kind of clock? Like a bedside? Like a, um, the ones with a, uh, like a sun and moon. Mm -hmm. Okay. The sun, yeah. So the sun was like on its way down. Oh, wow. It stopped at 4.17. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Also on that same day, a bird hit his stained glass, or not a stained glass, his um, sliding glass window door thingy uh -huh. and died. Uh -huh. So they found a dead bird and they found his clock stopped. The clock particularly. Yeah. I know. But then I read up after that and apparently that's not uncommon. Wow. When somebody dies, their clock will stop. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Freaky. And then the big long list of things that I have for this category. Yep is uh, things that go on in my house currently. <laughs> so there's a lot of disturbances in my house. Um, I have a list that I keep because I will forget them, there's so many. Um, and I also, I think part of my brain wants to wipe them out as soon as they're done because it's just too weird. Okay. But, um, okay, so there's a lot of uh, sometimes hammering sounds when nobody's hammering. What time of day or night? Uh, daytime. Okay. Yeah, well, I look back over my notes uh -huh. and the daytime hammering. Like, I'll come home um, from wherever, um, thinking, oh, Mar Marty, my husband, is working on a project or something, and I get home, and he's not there. Nobody's there, but there's hammering, and then it stops soon Where after. Where do you feel it's emanating from? Uh, it's just wherever I'm not. Like, I remember coming in the front door, and ham hammering was upstairs, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. There's nobody upstairs. Okay. So that was one of the things on my list. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of, in the middle of the night, um, we'll wake up because it sounds like one of our kids has gotten up to go to the bathroom or to sleepwalk or something. But there's the door opening, but then there's no foot, foot sounds or bathroom sounds. Uh, the door is opened. The door is closed. Uh, one really freaky one is that my son was playing the recorder in third grade or I think that's second grade, whenever they start kids on the recorder. And in the middle of the night, we heard him playing the recorder. And so we thought, okay, he's sleep sleep recorder playing. <laughs> <laughs> but one of us got up and checked, and he was sound asleep. Oh, my God. Nobody was playing oh the recorder. Creepy. Yeah. Um, and uh, one time we had gotten the kids a, a bouncy house, like a home bouncy house. You think of those as being a, out in the yard yeah. for birthday parties. But there's a smaller one you can buy that's maybe six, seven feet tall. And it had um, a mechanism for turning it on that was like a, a uh, very solid, strong cube thing. Uh, and you would have to push down into the cube to depress the button to turn it on or off. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it could get knocked by a dog or something that would turn it on. Mm -hmm. So I wake up in the middle of the night to this <laughs> sound downstairs oh. Oh. where we were keeping that thing, no. and it was fully inflated, oh middle no. of the night. No. And that cube, like, what? Uh, wh it's not like something could have brushed the cube thing. How did that go on? 
So I went and turned it off. Um, and I, you would, you might think, are are you ready to move out? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There, this this whatever's happening in our house, and there's many more examples, does not feel like it's trying to hurt us or anything. It just feels like it's something, some disturbance. You're a very logical person, Suze. I've known you for many many years. Yeah, I guess others might freak out. And, and uh, your belief system is based on you know empirical evidence and, and logic. That sort of thing. Logic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how do you account for? For, for these things, oh, how these do feelings I feelings that they're not that you can't explain them away. Yeah. You can think of a lot of things. About how do I hammering? How do I account for any of it? Account. For okay, it. well, let me tell you a few more, and then okay. I'll tell you. Let okay. Okay. Um, so the my biggest one was the uh, was the bouncy house. Yeah. But there's a lot. Well, the more I'm talking, the more I'm remembering ones. the The biggest one my husband Marty had was he was and he. Okay, so I'm the one that I would th- you know in a uh, survey would be um, deemed more receptive to these things. You know, more interested in ghosts, more open to ghosts. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go into that. Um, but uh, I- one big one happened to him. Okay. So that makes me feel very validated about all these other okay. things that are happening. <laughs> so he was returning home from a wedding, a family wedding. And I think I might have been out of town with the kids or something. So it was just him returning home alone. So he parked at the bottom of the driveway, I guess, to make room for me to pull into the driveway. And, and it was uh, evening, dark. And he was turning away from the car and turning toward the driveway to walk up it. And he recalled seeing something s- sort of skitter run out of our house. No. Like a being made of light. Well, that was the no. size of about a 13-year-old nope. nope. human being running down the driveway and ran through him and down the street. Marty saw that. Marty, who's not as open to these things as I am. Yeah. And he was totally shaken and he called me and was like, oh, my God. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing that's happened at our house, but also, um, and this is that's w- that's when you put up the for sale sign. What? <laughs> well, like I think a lot of people would have. But yeah. you didn't feel any malevolent. No, mm. I don't think he did either. Mm. Yeah, um, and 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 by the way, our neighborhood, our street is not very far from a slave burial ground. Oh. I know that sounds right out of a yeah. movie, but it's there, true. Yeah. There's like a plaque on the street about... But you forgot to move the bodies. Uh, no, about four blocks, five blocks away, there's there's houses built on a slave burial ground. And anyway, um, so then there was the... Uh, this one's hard to explain because it's more visual than uh, yeah. auditory, but... Um, our house is, uh, like, our living room and our bedrooms are on the top floor, and downstairs is the laundry room and a playroom, so it's kind of an upside-down house, and it's just kind of odd house. Anyway, we, when we're lazy, we throw things down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, like, laundry, we'll just throw it down the stairs, and then when yeah. whoever goes downstairs next, we'll kick it into the laundry room. So I just was, th- I had this... Uh, canvas bag, very thin canvas bag like you would get from a store, and I threw it down the stairs, and it landed uh, not on the banister, but on like a half wall halfway down the stairs, and it landed in this weird upside-down way, and it just sort of hovered there. Mm. And and I th- later, when I checked it out, I'm like, well, it must have landed on a little nail that was sticking out or something. No, there was nothing there. It, it landed upside-down and perfectly like sort of erect upside-down, yeah. and it was just there. And I got a picture of it. And if I can find that for you guys, you can oh, put it oh on your very cool. Twitter so or whatever. So, but so you're a believer. I mean, I'm a mix. I'm a mix. Yeah. Like, I've seen so much and I've heard so much. Yeah. 
that I'm like, well, how can I deny this stuff? Yeah. But part of me is like, nah, 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 because I always want to come up with reasons for. Well, you're in a very a religious person. I'm not too. religious at all. Yeah, you know, uh, it's definitely not Jesus doing this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, w- we we talk about ap- the afterlife, and you're like, we've had this conversation. Like, what do you think happens when you die? And yeah, like, well, yeah, just nothing. Well, I mean, <laughs> after my my dad's clock stopped, I started to believe there's probably something i don't know i can't name it far be it from me but that seemed a pretty big sign um so also i should tell you guys we we hired a shaman to come out (laughs) and maybe figure out what was going on because i thought is this my mom as well my mom died in uh three years ago some of these things that happened after her i thought is this her and then my dad died in 1989 and i thought is this him so she came out and she was like well i don't think it's anybody specific from your life but she said uh there's kind of a ghost superhighway happening here or a spirit superhighway and they're kind of getting clogged yeah. on or near your property and let's pour some beer out in the yard and some honey okay. <laughs> <laughs> so and she did some chants and uh and she said and by the way while she was there i kind of half believed in her and half was like oh this is just bullshit yeah. i just you know i was very half and half yeah. and then she said okay well after i leave um, things are going to kick up and get worse for a little while, and then things should be clear. And that's exactly what happened. There mm. was there was some things that happened right after she left. Okay. One one thing. And Did I'll she try to cleanse the house or anything like that? Mm. Or, or that the well, the I mean, the beer and honey were that the was things. cleansing okay. apparently. So no and sage in each room or whatever. No, she burned does. things. Yeah, she did, and chanted a lot. Um, and one thing I can't remember if it happened right after she left, but here's one thing I forgot to tell you. There was one night we woke up in the middle of the night, Marty and I to both of our phones making really loud noise like one of those Amber Alert type things. Yeah. And it was like, rah, 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 yeah. from both our phones, and we woke up, and then our TV popped on. Oh. Oh, God. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. That was crazy. Yeah. One other one, I'm remembering them as I go. I, uh, in our um, master bathroom, I went in. I put my phone down on the bed. I went in and took a shower. And uh, the remote and the phone were on the bed. Went in, took a shower. I had on MSNBC when I went in the shower. When I came out of the shower, whole different channel. And nobody was home but me. So it was switched. Yeah. So anyway, I could just go on and on. (laughs) I don't know what to say because I know you so well and I know you're a very logical person. Well, uh, let me just say there's also lights flashing in our house and lights in colors flashing. But I have figured out the logical explanation for those. Like, okay. there's electrical problems with the kitchen. Yes, and so, yes. like, you know, not all of it is ghosts. Do you have a furnace? I think so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sometimes furnaces will have banging noises. Oh, yeah. You like that? Ki- yeah, we have the um, the w- uh, heating. But it's not It's not hanging. that kind of No, it's not yeah, that kind of banging. Mine does that. Right. No, like it's hammering. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's not that banging. I know that That's banging. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and smells. And we just to be, uh, just to specify for people, yeah, uh, listeners, yeah, Susan's neighborhood is not, a, you know, not the 1800s. This is sort no. of a mid-century no, neighborhood. No, it's like, sort um, of. Uh, yeah, it's very mid-century, like super crazy mid-century. And it was, I'm, I'm like one house outside of the mid-century neighborhood. My house was built in 1962, okay. and all these mid-century right. houses are like 1968. Okay. So they're not super old, like, you know, typical haunted houses. 
and um, oh, I uh, got in touch with the former owner of my house to ask if anything had gone on, and she said, "Well, no." Oh. Uh, and then <laughs> so I felt you're bringing it with you. Well, I wonder, and then I think she also thinks I'm psycho now. But um, <laughs> no, maybe I am bringing it with me because in our previous house there were a few toys that would light up at night and start talking. But not a lot, like just yeah. a few. Just a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> a little bit of devil stuff going on there. Just the one devil doll. Yeah. 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 Really nothing. Oh, and so by the way, smells. Oh, sometimes. Oh, yeah. tell us about there the will smells. There will be, uh, <clears throat> I, I looked in my notes and yeah. from all, you know, lists of things that have happened, there was a, uh, like somebody was cooking old fish smell. Oh. Uh, <coughs> there's no fish being cooked. And then, uh, <laughs> s- then it smelled like one of our dogs had taken a dump. <laughs> There may <laughs> be another cause for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm a, a drainage issue here. Yeah. But okay. No, no. And there was no poop. I looked everywhere. Nobody had pooped. Uh-huh. And then old lady perfume smell comes up. Pretty oh. Young. Yeah. That yeah. makes me think. Yep. Somebody. Yep. And then I had in my notes, and I totally forgot, there was uh, old man breath smell. <laughs> what, would, would you please describe that? No, for I can't. It's, it's, from <laughs> it's a couple years ago, and I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. But old man breath. Okay. So there's a lot going on in my house. But it doesn't feel like it's out to get us. Okay. Well, so well, well, you're always the optimist. and I, I well, that's, that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. But she, it's As she said herself, the lady here sa- said, yeah. her, the, oh as, as the lady said herself, I skew Pollyanna. I do and skew she, Pollyanna. Yeah. They're not going to hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. You can't touch <laughs> right. me. Yeah. So. Um, Regarding the kids, uh, are you careful not to tell them these things so you don't plant seeds of fear? Yes, I don't say much around the kids, but sometimes we'll slip it out, but then we act like we're joking. Yeah. But I also don't say anything to house guests. (laughs) 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 Because downstairs is where a lot of this has happened, and that's that's where our guest bedroom is, and so I don't say much because... Yeah, and <laughs> I. That's why you stuck me downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I slipped downstairs uh, one time, and that was great. Nothing happened. It, no, it was it's, it's it's very comfortable. It's okay. uses. It's not. Well, not I, I don't have any place to else to put you guys when you visit. I was happy to be in the den. Okay. I, nothing where was morbid and creepy. Well, I don't want to sleep down there. Even like when one of us is sick and we need to separate, I'm like, no, I have to stay upstairs. Because even though I feel like they're benevolent, I feel robbed. I'm a little freaked out, like mm-hmm. ever so s- microscopically. Mm-hmm. They have the power from beyond, <laughs> and whether or not it's malevolent, I don't want to be in the way. Yeah, and they could change their minds at any time, I guess. So. And I have to they ask can. you, when I lean into the mic, are you getting old man breath? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't smell anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are wonderful stories and, and, and experiences. Thank you. Yeah. Someday Very I'm going to write about them. There's a lot. You need to. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Sam. Sam's Sam has the genuine <laughs> scary house. Oh, I got I nothing, I folks. I got nothing. I I want very badly to experience something like that so I can believe that there's more to this life. I would find that very comforting. Uh, I live in a, you know, a really creepy old house. Wait, I can vouch for that. I have visited a few times, <laughs> and it's genuinely extremely creepy. Yeah. <coughs> very old, very yeah. beautiful, and very, like, haunted ready. Yeah. It lo- think American Gothic in yeah. 1890 was it when it was built and with, with a creepy basement cool stained glass yeah lots of stained glass and like old-fashioned beautiful yet creepy like designs in the wood there's wainscoting dark wood wainscoting yeah. and you know uh for the front staircase there's an old banister and the wainscoting so creepy and so uh, um, creepy a back s- staircase as well 
and uh, I had some cleaning lab ladies in when, when was that? Maybe 10 years ago, and they happened to be also ghost hunters, <laughs> and <laughs> they, they walked in, and they said, oh, we were very excited to get this house, because we were wondering about it, and they, they looked around, and I was like, are you going to get to work or what? Uh, but they wanted <laughs> to look around and ask if they could. And I said, sure, go for it. And they said, we're sensing no, uh, you know, no paranormal activity Sad. in this house. And I was Disappointing. like, really yeah. disappointed. <laughs> and I've tried to scare myself. I've tried to, uh, I have very, a vi very vivid dream life with violent, horrible, gory dreams. Uh, and they don't, they don't bother me when I wake up. I find them very interesting and write them down, that sort of thing. So you're not scared when you wake up? No. Oh. Um, no. Okay. I, I write things down, and it's very difficult to scare me. You can creep me out. Um, if you're going to kill me or stab me or something like that, yes, I'll be scared. But I have zero belief in or experience with the paranormal. It's just yeah. it's not happening for me, and yeah. I would welcome it. Yeah, I would welcome it. Am I opening up the doors now? Are my filters so strong? <laughs> Are some people more sensitive and open than others? But it's very, if it weren't you speaking, any anybody else on this planet, I'd say you're full of shit. Really? You want some attention? Fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but you know me too well. I like, yeah. 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 And I feel like I'm, I'm consciously not that open, not to take over because this is your turn, but... Um, after Marty had his experience with the the the, the uh, teenage sized being of light <laughs> running yeah. toward him, wait, the teenage sized <laughs> being of light, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I walked around our property saying, "Okay, I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready. You talk to me. Like, show me stuff. <laughs> I, me. I'm jealous Beam of me. Marty that you were so like flagrant in your presentation to Marty." Show me more. Like, I'm here, I'm here, and nothing happened. D did you call your shaman and, and say, "Look, this happened to Marty. What do you think that might be?" No, I didn't. I think I was just so Marty divided. Or, or drawn to him? Or? Oh, I think I was divided on her. I was like, I don't know if I believe her yeah. and what she was doing. But you like believe your husband is oh, yeah. batshit crazy. No, so. he's definitely not batshit crazy. And he's definitely not one to see wacky shit. Um, for the record, his name is Marty Cady, and he was in a wonderful episode of ours for All the President's Men, if you would like to check that out. He had a teenage-sized uh, demon light uh, beam through him in his home, and he's a wonderful speaker. <laughs> Bill, mm. I I can't uh, I can't really say that I've had anything profoundly scary or uh, supernatural, other than I think it was after my grandmother died, and then after uh, Donna's Donna's sister died, uh, I started seeing basically shadow people I, or just feeling like there's a shadow presence usually in the living room of my house and I don't think the house is haunted because I've had the the shadow person thing before so I think it's just a maybe a me thing interpreting like a presence it could be that too um there was one other thing though um just uh in dreams I've had a recurring dream with my grandmother since she passed away. Mm. I think it was like a year after she passed away. I uh, It might have been a little bit longer, but I, re I remember having this very vivid dream, standing in her living room, and I remember her chair just the way it always was, the living room, the house, just exactly the way it was. It was very vivid. And I see her walking from the kitchen like I'd seen her 
thousand times, more than a thousand times growing up. And she's in her house coat, in her slippers, like she always was. And she sits down in the chair and she just looked right at me. And I looked right at her. And I said, you're okay. I was like confused. And she goes, well, of course I'm okay. And then that was the dream. <laughs> but um, s ever since, I've had, uh, you know, years would go by, but during periods of stress, I will encounter her again. It's almost like she comes and visits me in my dreams. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's supernatural or just my subconscious kind of self-talking me through it because I don't, I don't think I believe in ghosts truly. But can I, can I tell my grandma, my recurring grandma dream? So my mother's mother, whom I called Mammy, died when I was about nine years old, and that side of the family was very Catholic, and the church was just a walk away so they did the whole walking coffin but before that that they had a wake and she had a very old-fashioned house kind of creepy victorian style furnishings and in particular in a parlor very victorian style furnishings and the casket was situated there and it was closed and there was kind of a reception in another part of the house with you know sandwiches and drinks and people talking and i had an older second cousin once removed or something like that named Nellie and Nellie said do you want to look inside the coffin and oh I was no. like okay oh. and oh no. so oh no. so my oh. my grown cousin Nellie took me into this parlor and you have to imagine these huge dour faced uh, oil paintings and yeah. tapestries and the Victorian settees and, and, and things like that and she opened the, the casket and my grandmother, Mammy, was there in a white negligee, which is presumably what she had requested to be buried in. And I got a shock because I, I it was my first dead person, right? Yeah. And she said, that's Mammy, she's gone now, and closed the lid and took me back out. And she didn't tell my parents or anything, and I'm just a little girl. Oh my God. But for years, I think decades after that, I had this recurring gr dream, I lived in a little townhouse with my mother in South Florida for many years and there was a canal that ran the side of that that uh, what would you call those fourplexes the sandalwood style mm -hmm. houses yeah. uh, townhouse quadruplex. quadruplex yes a little canal running well beside it and for many many years I dreamed that my grandmother Mammy's head was floating in that canal and glaring at oh. me as I tried to run to the house oh and God. get inside and the door would be locked uh, many God. years. Just why was she decapitated? I don't know. Wow. But Ugh. just just her head. And, and uh, so how old were you when you saw her body? I want to say I was about eight or nine. Okay. And how old was this person, the cousin or? She was a grown woman. She was in her oh, 20s. So or she, thought she was a, a, a second cousin removed. Do you think thing. she thought you needed that for yeah, closure? Yeah, like let, let the child, maybe her thought was she needs the death validated. And uh, wow. And before that, uh, before she died, she we, we all had to go and see her. And she was the scary grandma, and I'm sorry, Mom, if you listen to this one, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> nobody listens to this in my family. Oh. Um, I, I had a, a real relationship with my grandmother on my father's side, and, and my mother's mother was kind of an invalid and ha had lots of hospital-type things in her room that mm -hmm. seemed scary to me as a child. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, the hospital the bed, contraptions, the, the toilet next yeah. to the bed, like why, and things like that. And she called me in, and she gave me a rosary, and she put it in my hand and said, never tell your father that I'm giving you this. You must carry it with you at all times oh or, or bad things will happen. And I went out, you know, like, I guess I said goodbye to Mammy. But um, <laughs> and, um, and then she died shortly thereafter. Wow. And so 
Mm. It kind of added to the scary Catholic stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Creep factor. And then they all, I remember they all put, uh, went to the um, went to sort of the foyer. Everyone who was going to be the pallbearers and everybody else, and they started chanting their Hail Marys. <laughs> and I had just seen the, you know, yeah. the open casket and this Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. it sounded very chanty Mumbly, and, and yeah. demonic, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and then I remember sitting there for the funeral, and uh, the uh, the main priest, I guess, had the incense uh, urn thing that he was swinging around. And yeah, so lots of uh, I don't know sensory things mm-hmm. during that time mm-hmm. that that piqued my imagination, but alas, only my dreamscape. The end for me. Ben. Uh, oh, Neil wants Neil to say wants something. Go ahead. Neil. As, as just as I'm listening to all the stories, it really when you hear other people's uh, stories, it in- invokes other thoughts and memories, and uh, dreams. Um, I'm thinking back to when my mom passed. She, uh, I was, I was out of state. Um, I had moved away, uh, and she was living with my brother in a different state. And uh, she was in the hospital for pretty much a year, struggling. And she was finally uh, recovering, and she came back to the house that I grew up in. Uh-huh. And uh, she was there maybe a month, and she passed in the house. She passed in the front bedroom. She actually passed in my brother's arms uh, as she was uh, struggling. He called nine one one and. Of course, I didn't get there at the time. Um, so fast forward uh, about six months, um, I bring my family down, my, my at the time, two children. And uh, we, when we got there, we were going to sell the house. We are getting the house ready to sell. And I stayed in the front bedroom, which was the room that she had passed in, mm-hmm. uh, which was also my grandmother's room because it was my grandmother's house. And... Um, the very first night that I was in that room, um, I slept very well, but I had a very, very vivid dream. Uh, it was of my mother. She came in and visited me in the bedroom. She sat down on the bed, and uh, I said, oh, my God, Mom, Mom, hi. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she goes, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing an old Victorian-style dress, very fancy, not ornate, but just... Mm-hmm. Of the time, it was just a strange, just this Victor- It was Victorian, <laughs> I know. Like a white nightgown. Yeah, it w- it was like a white nightgown. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It was a white nightgown, and she sits down, and I said, well, "What's going on?" She goes, "Everything's fine." She goes, "It's beautiful." I said, Aww. "It's beautiful, yes, and everything is fine." And I woke up, and immediately remembered it. I mean, it was one of those dreams that you right. just. I mean, I woke up like that, and I I, I jotted down what I had uh, right. dreamed. That's the only way you're gonna remember it. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad I did because it's fresh in the head. Um, but it was I never had another dream about her since. Um, but it was right after we slept at the first night in that room. The only other thing that I remember seeing um, when she passed, and I was out of the state when she passed, uh, was the next day going to my car in the side mirror. I swear I saw her reflection, like it was behind me, but it was it was just her face. But it was like, what the? And I looked behind, nobody was there. And then of course it wasn't there when I turned back around. Yeah, that was right after she had passed. So those those as we're talking about dreams and things, um, one other quick thing about dreams, and this was a recurring dream, and this was in the house that I grew up in. There was um, 
uh, a hallway that separated the living area from kind of the bedrooms and so whatnot as normal. And there was a bathroom on the way. And in my dreams, and I had this dream for years and years and years, um, as I would go by in the dream, the door wasn't, wasn't a crack. It was open more than a crack, but it wasn't fully open. Uh, you could tell the door was open and light was off. It was pitch black in there. And I had learned uh, from every dream that if I got too close to that side of the wall, I would be drawn in to the bathroom. And I, I always tried to work my way around it, but if I walked too close, I'm sucked in. And if I got sucked in, the door would slam shut and I would be in the bathroom in pitch black. And as soon as the door shut, then I would feel a presence in there and I would feel pushing on me, like oh I, was, I was getting pushed. And uh, I learned, I, I think I'd heard or read somewhere that if you, if you tell yourself to wake up, you'll, you'll probably wake up. I remembered that, mm -hmm. going, uh, I can't handle this. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And I would wake up. Oh. And, uh, but it, I had that dream for years. Mm. And there's nothing special about the bathroom. Nobody died in the bathroom, um, although two people did die. My grandfather died in that house, and my, my mother died in that house. Mm. Um, but there was nothing. It, but that bathroom would suck you in if you got too close. Oh. So that was. That's a scary yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I tell you a, a recurring childhood dream I had that, that reminded me of? Um, okay, so I was very little, I think seven, eight, and my recurring childhood dream was that my parents, my mother and father, would lead me up to a scaffold with hang, hangmen's nooses, oh my God. and they would say, Sam, get on up the stairs, oh it's time. <laughs> and I would always uh, you know, stand on a stool, and just before I put my head in the noose, I would wake up. And mm. this was a recurring wow. dream. And your parents were leading you there. Yes. Wait, that's, that's all. I love my mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, my mom and dad. Mom. Bill, you had something to add? I just have a, a, a thought that th my recurring dream is, <laughs> it's unbelievable how often it happens, but I'm, I'm late for a flight to Denmark. And I'm not prepared for it. And I... I know that Bill in the back of my mind, I'm blood. going to be staying Viking there. Uh, I'm going to be uh, staying there for at least three, four months. But I think that when I analyze my dreams, I think Denmark is uh, death. And uh, your family is from there. Oh, yeah. that's my heritage. Yeah. 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 And uh, but I but I'm not ready for it, and I'm not ready for it. And I don't have this pact, and I had to do that before I went. And uh, so that's my recurring dream. I don't know. It's, it's certainly God. nothing supernatural. But uh, <laughs> whenever I have a dream about Denmark, I wake up and think, uh, i got to cut down on the cholesterol. Yeah. Oh, you man. You write a movie about that. you got yeah. like definitely got to cut, yeah. cut down on the sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. That's, can, a, can that's just, a Danish uh, can joke. Can I just add, are we out of time yet? We're almost out of time. Okay. we got a little um, time. I do uh, have dreams in which my deceased loved ones appear, uh, like you described about mm -hmm. your grandma. Yeah. I have those fairly frequently where yeah. there they are, they're there, and I'm like, you're here, and they're like, yeah. yes, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. But then they just kind of carry on, and I carry on. It's nothing that profound, but I have that. It's very recurring with my dad, my mom, yeah. the babysitter I had that was really important to me. They just keep showing up. That first encounter felt so different than just a typical dream, though, because yeah. she looked yeah. straight at me, and I was in shock yeah. looking That's at her, and I said, you're okay, like, yeah. like you're okay. confused, yeah. you're okay. Yeah. And she's like, well, of course I am. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I think I woke up shortly after that. 
And you haven't dreamed about her since? Oh, no, I you have. have. Oh, she okay. has come back. Okay. You know, different parts of my life. Yeah. Which is um, interesting. It's kind of nice to know she's still around. Yeah. Um, and the shadows, I know, are Mary. I know that's Mary. I know that's Donna's sister. In wow. in the living room. Yeah. Wow. And I just know that I can feel it. I can feel the vibe. It's not a malevolent presence. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make you want to run but screaming it doesn't from the it house. To me, it's not a ghost, though. It's a. I don't. It doesn't feel like a ghost. It's not a ghost. It's just an energy or something. Just kind of, maybe, or popping in. You know. I can tell you this. I am as atheistic as they come, but I can't help but think from the. Uh, genuine ex experience that I've heard from other people that there, I, I will give it that there's a possibility there is definitely beyond something in the conscious energy that we have. I think that there's, I believe in the possibility of it. That's right and where I, I am. And, you know, and there's no guy with a beard uh, and it's, it's more of a, do, if you get to a certain level of consciousness, a certain level of brain like activity, is it possible that something I goes beyond that? And I think that maybe there is. I mean, uh, I talk to people who are not bullshit people. These are people that are, are rational, believable in every aspect of their lives, but they'll tell you, oh, this happened to me. And, and, and we've been talking about dreams for quite a bit now, but th this happened to me in real life. Mm -hmm. this, this is something that was waking not even possible I was asleep. And I, I can't help but think there's at least the possibility that there is something beyond us when conscious energy goes forward. I, I'm exactly where you are. I couldn't be more atheistic, but I, I'm open based on the things I've experienced that there's something else out there in some other realm. I, this is a true story. Donna's sister, Mary, died in our house. She came home under hospice care from the hospital. Within three hours, she was gone. Of, of excuse me. <laughs> um, within three hours, she she was gone. But the interesting thing is, uh, the nur the hospice nurse was there. The hospice caseworker had run out to go get some medications filled, and we had set up the hospital bed and we put her in the hospital bed. And she was she was wide awake when she came home from the hospital, and she's just glad to be home. I want to say within two hours, sh I was there with the hospice nurse. Now, Donna was there, her other, uh, her nieces were there, and Veronica was there, my daughter. And she was very, very close to Veronica. So they're all d off doing something else. They just knew that Mary was home. And we thought we had maybe a day, maybe a couple of days. We really didn't think that she would go as fast as she did. And it was so weird because at one point I looked at Mary in the bed and I knew something was happening. And without calling, without saying a word, all of a sudden they all start filing in to come to her bedside. No one's calling to them to come. They all just started coming to the bedside and surrounding her. It was almost like they were being summoned by some sort of... Wow. Unconscious yeah. knowledge that that the time was was now, and then she passed. Wow. So it is. It was weird. It was just really weird. No, I got chills when it 
was happening because I I'm I felt like I'm seeing something that's a phenomenon. It's it's not, um, you know. And if you talk to your husband, is is very um, knowledgeable about the field of hospice, and I'm sure he has many many stories he could share. Um, I'm sure he does. I I know one. This my. My husband is more or less on the same page I am where he, he hasn't personally experienced anything and, and neither have I. We have a friend named Holger who lives in Germany and he's about as atheistic. He makes you two, two look like holy rollers. <laughs> um, really. Um, he's about a, yeah, right. the most logical, skeptical, atheistic being that ever walked the face of the earth. He's a psychiatric nurse and administrator. And he he was in, in charge of holding a colloquium once for, for nurses in, in various fields of care. And, you know, wound care or bereavement. And just for kicks, he, he had one about uh, supernatural experiences and the soul. And he thought he would be the moderator for that one to just sort of challenge any, any I don't know, any statements these other nurses had about, uh, about the supernatural. And there were about 20 uh, women and men, Krankenschwester and Pflegemeister, there at the table, at the table, der Tisch, der Tisch, because that's how Germans talk. Um, yeah, and uh, he said that without exception, these were veteran nurses, these were no-nonsense people, these were people who knew their business and, and weren't bullshitters. Without exception, every nurse had a, a story about a moment where she felt a patient die and the soul leaving the body. And he told us that by the end of that colloquium, he didn't quite believe, but he believed that maybe there was something. Yeah. He didn't believe in a thing necessarily, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he could not say all of these women are making up shit for, for my you mm -hmm. know entertainment here. And I would love, I would love to believe something just Bring it to me, but show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't, I don't know what to add to that except for Neil. Go ahead. Uh, again, you're, you're telling stories, and it invokes thoughts of uh, things that I've, I've been involved, conversations I've been involved with. And this is the last one I'll do, but it just made me think. I have a, a friend that I lived with uh, for about eight, uh, eight months at one time, um, and uh, she's a nurse. And she works in the ICU uh, and has experienced quite a lot of uh, people passing in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And she's been there for years. And she expressed to me, she goes, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. There is one phenomenon that happens quite often. And it happens so often that you cannot say it's just a uh, coincidence. Yeah. She said when people are, and they're usually the, the elderly, uh, when they're on their, their, their last you know, number of hours, um, they usually sit up and they call out to somebody that they're talking to that's in the room. And they will say very similar things. No, I don't want to go with you. Or, yes, I'm ready. And it is, it, we're not talking a dozen times. We're talking probably five dozen times that, that they, they sit up and talk. And then an hour later, they're gone. And she's seen it so many times. It's, it's you know, one of those things. So. Well, guys, we are... We're edging to the very, very bitter end here of our session. I want to thank Bill. I want to thank Susan. I want to thank Neil for sharing sharing their experiences and sharing their opinion about scary movies. I think this is a good way to uh, celebrate 
our scary month of scary movies. Please DM us with your tales really have to tell. Please cut. Please <laughs> please DM us with your tales of the supernatural, and I really need that scary movie to me. Uh, maybe in the DM by uh, by Monday, please. And we love you. Guys, watch something different. Read something different. Take care of one another. Be kind to one another. And make sure to uh, stay with us for the end of the month episode, which will be Rosemary's Baby. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.